0: Take three.
1: Ugh. Yes. Take three. <laughs> Y'all don't realize what. It and takes.
0: now there, I can still hear them. Our kids up there.
1: Yeah, the kids are playing Minecraft. I was up early with the baby, so school's been kind of funky today. And they're playing Minecraft now, so we can podcast. But their brother apparently created a storm on Minecraft, and so the girls are shouting. So
0: sorry. Yeah. So
1: they're loud.
0: All right, well, I have done a couple of these End Times podcasts, these Millennial Kingdom Premillennialism podcasts recently. They are part of a series that we've done, so if you have not listened to my other ones that you have, please go listen to those to answer maybe any questions that you might have about anything, because um, I know we do have a lot of, New people that have come and have joined us. And a lot of times if you just, especially with an issue like this, when I go and I'm going to talk about it, it's one of those things that you want to be able to understand in full context. Absolutely. And you can't just come up and just expect to understand if you don't understand the whole deal. So So go listen to those. But we're going to do today the purpose of the thousand year reign of Christ. So, we've the last couple ones that we've done has been dealing with a pre millennialism from a, a theological context, then from a scriptural basis, and then what else have we done? I don't know. We've done a couple, so you'll have to just. Do you have them organized on YouTube? Yeah, if you
1: go through all of the things that have gone up recently, there are a whole handful that are in times specific that they are all stated as such in their titles. So you can easily see them and navigate through them. Um, but different, again, that's where we kept going back and forth because there's just so much to this umbrella term of the end times um so that's why you have like come on jeff durbin kingdom end times teaching you've got discussing the end times church the role of the mega church yeah you've got all those kind of go yeah but they all have end times teaching in time you know stated in them so that way you guys can easily um get through all of this so should be easy anyways that was the goal
0: yeah i'm sorry i'm still listening to you I was trying to pull up. We're going to go ahead and do the article here. Uh, one of the best ways that we found it, that I found to do it, is we go ahead and have Heidi read the Got Questions article. Got Questions is a great resource website for any kind of Bible or theology question that you might have. You literally can go in there and you can just type in the search engine and. All different articles will pop up, whatever you, whatever category you choose. Yes. And they will, uh, they will refer you to even more resources than what they gave you. So, it's it's a really cool resource. They do great work. Um, definitely recommend them. But they did a great write up here on the purpose of the Millennial Kingdom, and partly. In the Millennial Kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ, which we'll go ahead and, and it explains it here in the article. But this is coming basically from Revelation twenty. There's it's so much more than just Revelation twenty, but that's usually the two verse for whenever we're talking about this. So, for instance, this is the this is a passage that many different Christians have many different views on on how this works. So I'm going to explain to you the way that I believe in teach, acknowledging that there's another view that says a lot of this is just, it's not literal. It's more of a spiritual fulfillment. So these things don't actually happen. They just sort of happen spiritually. And that's really, that's, okay, so that's, I said that horribly, but they don't view... Revelation literally. They use they they view this as symbolic or figurative. And they acknowledge a lot of lot of things in Revelation, but they just don't acknowledge literal fulfillment. And this is one of those things, um, in chapter twenty that many people differ on. But We'll go ahead and read the article, and then we'll, as always, we'll link it at the bottom. But it's the purpose of the thousand-year reign of Christ. So we'll have how you read it.
1: So it starts off with the millennium, also known as the millennial kingdom, is the thousand-year reign of Jesus after the tribulation and before all the people of the world are sent to either heaven or hell. Jesus will reign as king over Israel as well as all the nations of the world. We get that from Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. And forty-two one. The world will live in peace. Isaiah eleven six through nine and thirty-two eighteen both speak of that. Um, thirty-two eighteen says, "My people will abide in a peaceful habitation and secure dwellings and in quiet resting places." We believe those are literal things. Mm-hmm. Satan will be bound, which Revelation twenty verses one through three discusses. And at the beginning, everyone will worship God. Isaiah two verses two and three say that. The purpose of the thousand-year reign is to fulfill promises God made to the world that cannot be fulfilled while Satan is free and humans have political authority. Some of these promises, called covenants, were given specifically to Israel. Others were given to Jesus, the nations of the world, and creation. All of these will be fulfilled during Jesus' thousand-year reign. So the first covenant here would be the Palestinian. And
0: before we, are, before we go with that, yes, we are talking about a literal return in Christ in literal political authority of the day. So, I mean, this is going to be a literal thing that happens. This is not some spiritual fulfillment that just like happens in heaven it it happens here in the yes. future.
1: Yes. So literal rapture of the church, seven years of tribulation, we return with Christ at a second coming, and then we usher in this period now where he literally reigns and rules from Jerusalem over the Correct. whole world. This
0: is the kingdom that is that is installed with the second coming of Christ.
1: And this is the kingdom that the Jews were wanting to see when Jesus came the first time and when he came as a suffering servant and not this and they were expecting warrior. to see they, correct. Were upset.
0: they were expecting him to come and take complete authority in in yes. state this whole time, this whole millennial. So reign this period.
1: is what we're looking forward to
0: all these prophecies that I that you just read over in Isaiah, Isaiah two four forty two one eleven six thirty two eight, all these prophecies are completely fulfilled during this time. Yes.
1: So the first covenant here, the Palestinian covenant, also called the land covenant, um, this is from Deuteronomy chapter thirty verses one through ten. God has already fulfilled the personal aspects of the Abrahamic covenant. Abraham. And these
0: are, I'm sorry, these are really important though, because these are biblical explanations of why this period. Is going to occur. occur.
1: Yeah. Well, why? It has to. So if you're looking at God's word, there's all of this scripture that has to occur somewhere. So that's where you go, okay, is it literally going to occur? occur, Or are these just like figurative spiritual things that are happening, right? Right. And that's what we've been trying to discuss and sharing the different ways to, to, you know, understand these things and where we fall on it as it being literal, where it's speaking literally.
0: And we... Inter- we interpret prophecy with the way that prophecy has been fulfilled. Yeah, throughout so, all of the recorded the, yes. <laughs> prophetic exactly. history
1: that we have. So again, um, God already fulfilled the personal aspects of the Abrahamic covenant. Abraham did go to the promised land. He did have many descendants, and he is the forefather of many nations. Several hundred years after Abraham, Joshua led the Israelites to claim ownership of the promised land. But Israel has never possessed the specific boundaries that God promised in Genesis 15 verses 18 through 20 and Numbers 34 verses 1 through 12. Seriously, you guys, if you Google it, you can pull up a map of it. And it's so fascinating, I think, to see. You can see um, even our modern day map, but the biblical boundaries that are given there in those scriptures versus what Israel actually possesses, it's crazy to see how they've never had.
0: Yeah, I mean all even of Solomon Well his, that's the next the...
1: literally the next line. Mm-hmm. Not even Solomon ruled over this particular area. First Kings oh, yeah. 4, 21 through 24. Although he did reign from the river of Egypt to the Euphrates, he did not hold the area from Mount Hor to Hazarinon. That's Numbers 34, 7 through 9, into present-day Lebanon and Syria. In addition, the covenant God made with Abraham was that he and his descendants would have the land for eternity. So Genesis 13, 15, 17, 8, and Ezekiel 16, 60 all talk about this eternal period. The current Israeli state may be a step in this direction, but they still do not possess the boundaries God laid out. The next covenant would be the Davidic covenant, and this is from Second Samuel 7, um, which is what we've been reading with the kids these yep. past few weeks.
0: And yeah, and I, this is, we literally read this chapter the day before yesterday, and we talked about this with the kids too. And our kids this were is, like,
1: but if this isn't literally going to happen, then why is right, God promising these things? Right, and we're like, we, I know, I we, think it's really simple.
0: Right, we read these, and we all stopped and, and talked about this. Uh, because this is, the promise here was forever, and it was very, very important, and we know who it's realized in. Go ahead.
1: All right, so God's covenant with David was that his line would never die out and that David's heir would sit on the throne of Israel forever. That's Second Samuel seven sixteen. Biblical scholars agree that Jesus is the fulfillment of this covenant, one of the reasons his genealogy is given for both his stepfather in Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 through 17 and his mother in Luke chapter 3 verses 23 through 38. The Jews understood this when they laid down palm branches and their cloaks as Jesus rose into, rode into Jerusalem um, in Matthew 21 verses 1 through 17. They expected him to be the military and political leader that would liberate them from the Romans and make Israel a great nation again. But they didn't understand the nature of Jesus' work at the time was for the new covenant, not the Davidic covenant. The thousand-year reign will be the beginning of Jesus' eternal reign over Israel and the earth. Mm -hmm. And we see that in Revelation 20, verse 4, and then Revelation 6 as well.
0: And and this does not take away anything from Christ at all because Christ is sitting over King over everything. The only thing that he's got left is a literal fulfillment promise here. Yeah. On earth in a period of time and there is it I mean this whole this is just a start at the at the study that we can do of the purpose and what will be occurring during this period. But yeah, this I is really, kind of like our intro. Yeah. And we'll I mean we'll try to do the best that we can with I'll try to come out with some more stuff on it but i really encourage everybody to 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 lick into it as well
1: well and read all these scriptures you know what i mean that we're right here we're just kind of giving an intro but we want you to go pause us or, or write them down as we go or whatever so that way you can sit down and read these for yourself because it's not about any persuasive essay we're going to mm-hmm. give you of how you should know go and read them for yourself so now we have the new covenant, um, Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The works of the new covenant, Jesus's death and resurrection to reconcile hearts to God has been accomplished, but we have not yet seen the complete fulfillment. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ezekiel thirty six twenty eight gives more specifics. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and shall be my people and I will be your God. Isaiah 59 verses 20 and 21 explains that this covenant is possible because of the Redeemer and the reconciliation he provides will last forever. This covenant does not mean that every Jew will be saved, but it does mean that Israel as a nation will worship their Messiah. The Old Testament prophets who spoke of this covenant, including Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, and Ezekiel, all wrote that it will be fulfilled in the future. From their time on, Israel has yet to be an independent nation that worshipped its Messiah, Romans 9-11. through They will be in the thousand-year reign of Christ. So these things that have all been promised, they have not happened. So unless you're coming up with some way to, to twist it and make it just, you know, allegorical or spiritual yeah, or whatever it is. I mean, they never haven't happened. the have
0: done this itself, yeah. Which, um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Other promises. Those are the covenants God made with Israel that are to be fulfilled in Jesus' thousand-year reign. But the Bible lists other promises that will be fulfilled too. God promised Jesus he will make his enemies a footstool and that Jesus' followers will worship him freely, Psalm 100. God promised the nations of the world that they would live in peace with Jesus as the ruler. Daniel 7 verses 11 through 14. And he promised creation that the curse would be lifted. Romans 8 verses 18 through 23. Animals and the earth would be restored to peace and prosperity. Isaiah chapter 11 verses 6 through 9 and 32 verses 13 through 15. And people would be freed from disease. That's Ezekiel 34:16. These, too, will be fulfilled during the thousand-year reign. The main purpose of Jesus' thousand-year reign is to fulfill the prophecies given to Israel and the promises made to Jesus, the nations, and the whole earth. God's covenants were voluntary and one-sided. He promised he would bless Israel and restore the world in specific ways, and he will.
0: Yeah, I don't... I thought they did a great job of this whole thing. I don't understand how... You can get any other read off of these Old Testament well here promises, let's, covenants. Go let's ahead. look
1: at this. What is the millennial kingdom and should it be understood literally? Right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at these things. How do you understand this? Because that's what everybody says. Well, that's just your interpretation. It's like, well, so how is it written to be interpreted? Mm-hmm. Right? Because any other text that you would read or anything, you know, accounts or anything, you would take it as it was meant to be taken. So how how is this to be understood? The millennial kingdom is the title given to the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on earth, right? We just discussed Which that. Which
0: way, you just, re- just read the read. purpose yep. of this time.
1: So some seek to interpret the thousand years in an allegorical manner. Remember, this is why Brandon is constantly going back to this kingdom stuff. Because if we are truly living as citizens of heaven, we've m- we must be looking forward to the things to come so what are the things to come so your understanding of this really makes a huge difference in your life and how you live right not saying that you can't truly have salvation if you don't believe what we believe that's not what we're talking about but the way that you take this makes an impact in your life right so this is why you're constantly talking about the kingdom
0: although it shouldn't and most of the time that it does but it shouldn't, and with with there there are people that can do it, and I respect them, and I know plenty of them. I know they they can do it because I know them. I know people that disagree and view, um, you know, even people listening to this now. I know at least a couple that don't agree. They view the the kingdom in or the thousand years in Revelation in a a symbolic manner. Sure. Um, they don't believe this in a literal fulfillment, and that's cool. That's fine. I mean, I'm there. Our lives, in our lives, look the same because we're both serving Absolutely. the same Christ, and that's Amen. We should be able to do that. Th- again, though, whenever we talk about something, we're not talking about the exception to the rule. No, we're talking about the generalities that people have. The thing, I mean, the reality of the the topic and well, what and people topic, really say about it.
1: Yeah. And most people don't talk about it. And at yeah, all.
0: at all. And you're, I mean, you don't want it, you don't hear it in church. You don't get taught that. You so know, that's where things. we're just
1: going to share information. So share scripture. You go. You so look at it.
0: We view that if you don't view the millennial kingdom, um, literal, that's fine. Then we should be able to worship the same Christ. It becomes a problem when you start getting into because once you believe that we are either in the kingdom now a lot of this stuff is symbolic that kind of cements you here in this world and you always have to caution yourself of that because you go well then it's my duty here to expand things here into obviously look forward to the future here of this world and plan forward being a believer in Christ, I mean the the more thinking ones are going to have to look in a longer perspective. Not saying that that's bad, but it definitely gets your focuses and it can get your focus completely off of Christ and onto the world. And the, all of that definitely needs to that definitely needs to be cautioned anytime that you do with that. As the extreme With our view here that we're going to explain or going to continue to explain real quick. um, These people sit around and just make conspiracy YouTube videos and don't do anything other than just blast other Christians and just make conspiracy videos. Absolutely. So there's, I mean, there's, hey, we're not either or. (laughs) We're just trying to be right, and this is how, and this is a millennial kingdom. So go ahead and finish reading.
1: Well, and it's important.
0: Yes, it is. It's very.
1: So, continuing on, it says, Some understand the thousand years as merely a figurative way of saying a long period of time, not a literal, physical reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. However, six times in Revelation chapter 20, verses 2 through 7, the millennial kingdom is specifically said to be a thousand years in length. If God wished to communicate a long period of time, he could have easily done so without explicitly and repeatedly mentioning an exact time frame. So again, we're just looking at the scriptural evidence. And I going, think that was a really no good sentence?
0: considerable point that they used. Um, it, it, I mean, a reading of chapter 20. And well, yeah, if he wanted to communicate a long period of time or allegorical, it, it it would, I think it would Something have been like different. Something like as
1: numerous as the sand on the shore, mm-hmm. as numerous as the hairs on your head, right? There's a million different ways you could go about this, but yet we see Old Testament and New, mm-hmm. the specific set amount of time. I think there might be more to it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like it meaning what mm-hmm. it says. <laughs> The Bible tells us that when Christ returns to the earth, he will establish himself as king in Jerusalem sitting on the throne of David. And that's Luke chapter 1, verses 32 through 33. It says he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The unconditional covenants demand a literal, physical return of Christ to establish the kingdom. The Abrahamic covenant promised Israel a land, a prosperity and ruler, and a spiritual blessing. And that's found in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. The Palestinian covenant promised Israel a restoration to the land and occupation of the land. That was in Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 10, again, that we just discussed in the first part of this. The Davidic covenant promised Israel a king from David's line who would rule forever, giving the nation rest from all their enemies. And again, that was in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7. At the second coming, these covenants will be fulfilled as Israel is regathered from the nations, Matthew 24, 31. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other.
0: It's interesting to note that all the things that God still did for David, even though how many times that David was disobedient to God. Right. And it wasn't just, and the fact that he also... Bless Solomon, strictly because of David. Yeah, but David was fairly disobedient on multiple levels. I yeah. mean, the whole wives thing, he down was to Uriah and Bathsheba, mm-hmm. and there. Dar- I mean, he specifically disobeyed God yeah. after everything that God did for him, and yet God still told him, "Like, I'm still going to be faithful." to you even though you weren't faithful to me yeah so <clears throat> this and this kind of goes into this replacement theology thing to say that this just kind of puffs up the pride of israel It just kind of puts them in a place that that they have no business being i i really don't think it because like i said look at what he did for david i mean why he in the old testament he kept remnant of israel all throughout the bible to redeem and to refine and i think what we see now is the just the the beginning of the final refining period for israel but these davidic covenant promises I mean, they're very literal, and he says them forever, and he makes good on them.
1: So, Israel will be um, converted back, Zechariah chapter 12, verses 10 through 14, and restored to the land under the rule of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks of the conditions during the millennium as a perfect environment, physically and spiritually. It will be a time of peace. Um, Micah chapter four verses two through four says that many nations shall come and say, "Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths." When have many nations? <laughs> right? When are we seeing yeah, these things happening? That is um, definitely not Isaiah anything. thirty-two verses seventeen through eighteen it says and the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness quietness and trust forever my people will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places there will be joy isaiah 61 verse 7 says instead of your shame there shall be a double portion instead of dishonor they shall rejoice in their lot therefore in their land they shall possess a double portion they shall have everlasting joy And then again in 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself. And then of comfort, Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 2. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The Bible also tells us that only believers will enter the millennial kingdom. Because of this, it will be a time of obedience. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says, "For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days," declares the Lord, "I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." Holiness, as in Isaiah thirty-five eight, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. And truth, Isaiah sixty-five sixteen, So that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth. And he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten and are hidden from my eyes. And the knowledge of God. Isaiah eleven nine says, They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then Habakkuk 2 fourteen that we just read, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and as the waters cover the sea. So in this time Christ will rule as king. We see this in Isaiah nine, verses three through seven, and then eleven one through ten. Nobles and governors will also rule. We see that in Isaiah thirty-two one, when it says, "Behold, the king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice." And then in Matthew nineteen twenty-eight, Jesus said to them, "Truly I say to you, in this new world, when the Son of Man will sit on His glorious throne, you will have fo- you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel." And Jerusalem will be the political center of the world. Zechariah eight three. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. So Revelation chapter 20 verses 2 through 7 gives the precise time period of the millennial kingdom. Even without these scriptures, there are countless others that point to a literal reign of the Messiah on the earth. The fulfillment of many of God's covenants and promises rest on a literal, physical, future kingdom. There is no solid basis for denying the literal interpretation of the millennial kingdom and its duration being a thousand years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that, which is exactly why we shared it. Um, there's many... All this is wor- worth noting, especially I see, I've been listening to a lot of Apology lately in, in Durban, and I've actually been kind of rehashing my interest in studying the different views on this just mo- even more so recently and um <clears throat> going through all these different views again just being completely fascinated yeah by these arguments but the re the the one thing that Jeff Durbin keeps saying is, well, what if all of that is wrong? What if all of this is wrong? Because, okay, yeah, we understand that that's the view that the church likes, apparently likes to teach, even though I don't, uh, you know, anytime that you you hear anybody say anything, they're like, well, my pastor won't go near revelation. He won't yeah. talk anything about end times. But anytime any end times proponents say anything, they go, "Well, this is what the church commonly understands, yeah. and everybody knows this." And it's like, uh, really? Because I've not—I mean, I guess there's a few that teach pre-millennialism, but I think for the most part, especially these mega churches, you have a lot of this completely different—you um, know, this this newer, even progressive doctrine. And oh, that's, that's certainly really... not what Durbin's preaching. But, sure. Um, Anyway, what if all of this is right? Sure. And what if all these promises to Israel were, you know, like we forget that Israel was a real small little place at one time in the roots of create, you know, it was it was over there at a specific we get this thing that we're so big and it's so we're so exclusive and we're like, "Well, what if all of this well, I was really serious, and all this really is going to happen, and, and yeah. Israel is going to be rebuilt again and be the capital of the world for this period of time. And what if the fact that the nation of Israel that's over there right now, the fact that it is, not that it's that generation of Israel, I have no idea what generation it will be, but the fact that Israel exists with Jerusalem as its capital right now, even though they're being... Still trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. They still they still in essence something has existed there that hasn't existed since the close to the time that or when the apostles were alive. I think that's noteworthy to say that in the Old Testament prophecies, the Old Testament says that there's going to be a regathering of, we interpret, there's a regathering of Israel that is in a state of unbelief, so God will be able to enter with them in judgment. So he will be able to purify them and then make good on his promises because every single one of these people will be bowing the knee to Christ. So if we have something there, it looks like, this is a real good case for premillennialism, especially Israel and the way that things are going. Especially, you see the way, the condition of the church now. The church is in a state of good apostasy, so pre-millennial, as premillennialists, we can like to stand on the hill that says, hey, look, this is what we believe, that the, the falling away. There was going to be a general falling away of the church. We know that Paul warned and all the apostles warned of these doctrines coming into the church and and destroying the church. And you know, you look at that and you go, Okay, well, I, I can I can make I make a case for that at least once a week with stuff that we put out. You see that, then you see the the increasing of Wickedness and the fact that man's heart is becoming increasingly harder—you wouldn't think that would be possible—but and you you look around and you see a nation that has been completely abandoned by God because they have pushed Him out. They have created this false one, and they have pr- they have pushed out the true one, and now we have somebody that. You know, you you look at all of those facts and then what the interpretation that we have of, of eschatology and it just kind of fits in line perfectly. I mean, could be wrong, but what if we're right? Yeah. What if we're right? And I think that that is worth thinking about even for... The people that might disagree. I mean, the people who say, "Hey, take a look literally at what's going on in the world and over in the Middle East right now." And even though you disagree with this, like, admit, like, huh? Oh man, they could like have a case something. here. This might be, yeah, this might be something. So that's the reason why we're doing all of these. We hope everybody is enjoying them. Um, again, we kind of we've been either locking the comments or monitoring them just because it brings out the worst in people. Yeah. Lord knows I love the engagement and the conversation. Email us. Email us. I've done it. I've spent a whole day before, <laughs> many times, um, conversing with people on different things. And I enjoy it. But I, and, and please give me time. We are definitely super busy. But if you, I mean, we encourage it. But... Um, we, we lock this and just sometimes don't want to add the public into it because it brings the worst out in people. We had to lock the flat earth comments and different things like that. Cause there ended up people like fighting and cursing at each other. And that's not, I'm just not going to deal with it. And that's what a lot of the other ministries and stuff that I really, really respect. Whenever I hear any of them talk on any of this stuff, they don't do any of it. They they don't they lock everything. They're like, "Yep, you know how to get a hold of my ministry. If you have an issue with anything that I say, but this is a teaching. This isn't. This isn't open for debate. And I think there's some things that are going to come from our channel that more that are a, more of a teaching rather than in a than a debate. And I think when we as uh, it, this topic is definitely this is what we teach." But I understand that not everybody completely agrees, and I'm willing to definitely speak about it with people and answer questions or answer misunderstandings or anything like that. So feel free. But comments and everything will be locked.